Welcome to The Cosmic Calling, a podcast for spiritual entrepreneurs and creative souls on a mission to align their life and career with the cosmos. I'm Natalie Wallstein, career astrologer at Soulshine Astrology, and I hope you're ready to unlock your cosmic calling. Hi, friends. In this episode, I'm chatting with Dana Whitby, a Taurus and the author of a beautiful new oracle deck called the Inner Compass Oracle. Today, Dana and I are chatting about developing a daily spiritual energetic cleansing practice and how using oracle cards can help you get to know yourself on a deeper level as part of that. So let's get started. Hi, Natalie. Thank you so much for having me here today. Absolutely. So of course, I've got to start out by asking you, what do you feel is your cosmic calling? Mm, I think that my cosmic calling is to be a divine messenger. And that includes many different modalities and ways of doing that. But what I love to do is to take the spiritual and bring it down into the physical, into our everyday life. And tell us a little bit more about the different things that you do. I mean, Reiki, regression work, meditation. How does this all sort of like fit together for you? (laughs) Yeah. So my background is actually in traditional mental health counseling. So I have a undergraduate degree in psychology and a master's in counseling. And so I have been a counselor and a therapist for a lot of years. And I had a big spiritual awakening that asked me to really bring in some of these other elements. And so I really have followed my intuition all along the way and brought these different modalities in when they felt right. When I really fell in love with meditation, I decided to become a meditation teacher and get trained in it. I had a really powerful past life regression experience and wanted to pass that on to other people as well. So I became trained in past life regression, um, as well as Holy Fire Reiki, which is a particular branch of Reiki. And so I really kind of use those more as a toolbox. So depending on the client that I'm with, we might need certain things. As you mentioned, I'm also the author of an upcoming Oracle deck, and I have used and loved divination cards of all kinds since 1999. And so I find that bringing in Oracle cards can help to provide some clarity and guidance. So it really is kind of dependent on what my client or what the event calls for based on my intuition with them. So yeah, you're like feeling out their energy and deciding which of your tools you can call on to aid them with feeling more balanced. That's exactly it. Yes, yes, yes. And I'm sure being somebody who helps other people balance their energy and feel more in tune with their, their selves, themselves, that this probably requires you to make sure that your energy is really balanced as well so that you can kind of go in as this neutral force and also like not take that energy with you when you're done with them. So what are some of the practices that you have developed as a part of your spiritual energetic cleansing practice? Yeah, this is so true, Natalie. I really think that healers and practitioners of any kind, we have to keep ourselves really clear, really balanced. And so this is something that I really try to incorporate 
honestly, throughout my day, I am a mom of two small children. And I find that society and our culture puts a huge emphasis on, you know, checking all of these boxes perfectly every single day. And I, I used to put the pressure on myself to, you know, get a workout in and have this 30 minute meditation practice and, and do an energetic clearing and pull a card and all these things. And I, I felt that I wasn't measuring up. I wasn't living up to these expectations that either society or myself by proxy um, were creating. And so what I have done in the last couple of years is really stepped into a, a place of having grace for myself, thinking about my spiritual practices and my energetic cleansing from a higher, more broad perspective. So for example, instead of saying, I'm going to get in a workout today, every day I try to incorporate movement that feels more gentle, more graceful, more loving. And every day that movement practice might be a little bit different. You know, some days it's just walking my dog. Other days it's stretching. Other days I do a really hard workout on my Peloton, you know, but I have to use my intuition and listen to my body within that category. So same thing for my mind. One day, maybe listening to a book feels really good. Maybe another day it's it's pulling an oracle or a tarot card and then journaling and getting all of that out of my brain and onto a piece of paper. Other days, it might help me to teach someone else, to share my wisdom and my knowledge that might fill my brain. And the same thing with a meditation practice. Again, I like to meditate every day, but that looks different. Some days it's a 30-minute practice. Some days it's simply sitting out in nature and keeping my eyes open and looking and taking in all the sights and, and listening to the sounds. And so I've just really come to be more gentle and graceful and kind to myself about what it looks like. I've deleted all the apps on my phone that are like, you know, tap here once you've completed your workout, tap here once you've completed your meditation, because I find that I just, it created a perfectionism in me that wasn't helpful. I also love to incorporate energetic cleansing already into my routine. So if I'm taking a shower, I like to imagine that the water is actually cleansing and clearing my energy and my aura. So I'm not adding anything to my to-do list. I was already going to take a shower. So it's just adding this layer of spirituality on top of the things that I already do. And that works really well for me. Hmm, I love that so much. I'm in a similar part of my journey too, where I used to do yoga every single day and my body would be hurting and I'd be so sore, but I'd be like, I have to keep doing it. And so I love how you're really using your intuition to decide and to guide your actions. What do you do when your intuition supposedly is telling you, I'm too tired, I'm too lazy, but you actually probably have like a block there? I do think that that takes some practice. And I, I think there is a difference in learning when you are pushing the actual physical human vessel too far and when you are, um, your mind is resisting, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, what do I need intuitively? Do I need rest or do I need to kind of push myself? That does just kind of take some trial and error. I think you might just have to, you know, do a really hard workout and realize that that really drained you and wasn't the right thing in the moment. Or you might have to sit on the couch and think, I really should have gotten up. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. It's like a day by day 
recognition process. <laughs> I think so. Yes. <laughs> yeah, totally. Absolutely. You're saying that you pick cards too, and you journal about them. I love that way of working with Oracle cards because sometimes we'll just, um, we can get addicted to picking cards and we'll pick like a ton of them, but we don't think about them. So I like that you actually like sit down and really think about it and journal it. And you really like honor what comes from that practice and like really recognize it instead of just like, I don't know, some, sometimes I get into this too, where I'm like, okay, I'll just pick a card and forget about it. Um, but it might've actually been really important, or maybe it's something that hadn't happened yet. And it's kind of nice to be able to go back and reflect on that later. Yeah, absolutely. I just think pulling a card and not reflecting on it is the same as going to a therapist and not changing anything. when you walk out of the doors, right? Like it's really taking this message that we've received and then putting it into practice. And I think that journaling about it is is a wonderful way, but there's other ways you can do it too. You can call a friend and say, hey, I got this card. Can you help me kind of work through what this might mean for me? So you can talk it out. Also, I like to take the card with me throughout the day, maybe put it on my desk or bring it with me in the car because you're right. Like we pull it and then you get into your day, you get busy, you forget about it. And if so, if you have the card with you, this nice reminder throughout the day to be focused on integrating the message into your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause it's a message from the universe. You guys yeah. we want to pay attention. And of course, messages come in many different forms, but especially like if you're scrolling your phone and social media, it's just like message, 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 and you're like honoring it and giving it mindfulness. Exactly. Yes. Love it. So as far as helping other people create their own like spiritual practice to cleanse their energy, where would you say that they could start? I think a really nice place to start is to think about your mind, your body, and your spirit. And I know that sounds so cliche. Those three things are brought up a lot, but they that's for a reason. They're very simple and it, it really kind of narrows it down. So, you know, the body, again, finding some sort of movement, the mind, thinking, journaling, listening to a book, reading a book, taking in some information or putting some information out in some way, and then finding some space for meditation. And again, just allowing all three of those big areas, your mind, body, and spirit to change and to be flexible each day without putting so much pressure on having one particular practice that you have to complete or else you've failed. I think something small will add up to something really incredible in the long run if you're willing to give just a tiny little bit in each of those areas. I think that's a beautiful place and a simple place to start. Yes. I do feel like rigidity sometimes can actually block us from our intuition, whereas the whole point of these rituals is to open you up and to cleanse and release and renew yourself. So if you're like, I have to do it on this day at this time, and if I don't, I'm a failure, I think it can create a lot of resentment and beating up on yourself is not the purpose of this work. Not at all. And, and like you said, that creates a block. And um, same with the same, the time of day, you know, for example, a lot of people love to get up and begin their spiritual practices in the morning. And I think that's wonderful, but who's to say you couldn't do some of this on your lunch break or in the evening before bed, you know, everyone is different. So it's just about trying something and, and tweaking that 
depending on how it feels to you. Mm-hmm. And making sure you're doing something. Cause I also think sometimes this looseness, it can allow you to give yourself excuses of like not prioritizing it, not seeing it as important. Um, whereas when you do build up a practice that you are consistently doing, there are so many rewards and benefits that come from that. Um, so I do think it's like a relationship you do have to build with yourself over time. And part of that too, is noticing how you feel when you don't do it Yeah, and realizing I don't want to feel that way. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And that's why I think it's great to say like my, my non-negotiables are my mind, body, and spirit. Like I'm going to do something no matter how small in those three categories, again, being flexible with what that is, but not letting yourself skip those three things, right? Whatever they may be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I would love to take a look at your astrology chart and just kind of see how the work you do is definitely on your chart and also how some of the things that you talked about are in here too. Sure. That's exciting. Awesome. So you have your son in Taurus in the fifth house of fun and creativity, and that shows that you express yourself the best when you're helping people feel grounded, calm, serene, and secure through how you express your creativity and really focusing on creating what you wish existed in the world. So I think that makes a lot of sense how you were saying that you were interested in an area and then that's what made you want to bring it to other people. And it is like a creative mix of different things. Like you're like an artist as much as you are a healer in just even recognizing like what is the right um, tool to bring out for somebody. Mm, Interesting. And then your moon is in Leo in the eighth house of business, finance, and shadow work. Not only is that really good for running a business and being able to give yourself the creative freedom to do what you want with your work and express your own energy in your work, but one of your gifts is being able to shine a light on the shadows and fears and insecurities that other people might be hiding inside of themselves and really help them work to bring out the best and brightest in them and help them transform into someone who feels more powerful and in control of their creative energy in their life as well. That makes a lot of And then you are a Sagittarius rising. So you are meant to be a guide who helps widen people's horizons of what's possible for them and for the world. And Sagittarius is all about learning what is fascinating to you and bringing it back to share with other people. And I'm sure even in doing your sessions, even after being certified, you're learning from each of the clients that you have about energy and about how the universe works. Yes, that's all very, very true. (laughs) Yes. And then the last thing is your career line. This is the desired outcome of your work in the world, and it is in Virgo. And so the reason why you want to do all of these things, helping people feel calm and serene, um, bringing out their kind of like life force energy can also be seen as like creative energy, but it's really that childlike essence inside of each of us, which gets clouded by all of the serious adult things we have to do. (laughs) And the reason why you want to seek out new ideas and information and spread it is because of this Virgo career line, which is to heal and help people remove the blocks that get in the way of them living a more efficient and enjoyable 
daily lifestyle. So interesting. So that is your cosmic calling. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. That is just so interesting the way it resonates with different um, things that I do, all the all the little pieces that are in my toolbox. They all kind of nod to everything you just mentioned here. So that makes a lot of sense. Yes. I feel like your new deck, the inner compass is basically like, I feel like it's one of the most in alignment things that you could have created based on your chart too. So I would love to talk more about your new deck that's coming out really soon. I know you worked on it with Jennifer Ann of Coral Antler, who has created a lot of my graphics too. And she created all of your beautiful visuals of your deck. But I'm wondering what inspired you to create this deck and tell us a little bit more about like the theme of it. Yeah. So it's called the Inner Compass Oracle. And this was born from the idea that there's kind of this phrase out there of listening to your inner compass, but there's no true manual about how to do that. And so I wanted to give something tangible to people to help unlock your own inner compass, your own intuition and inner knowing. So the deck is divided into four sections, one for each of the cardinal directions, north, south, east, and west. And they all represent different pieces of our journey towards healing and unlocking our intuition. So all of the cards in the east section, the sun rises in the east. um, And this is the area where you recognize that you are a divine being having a human experience. So all 12 cards in that section kind of have that as a core theme. And then moving down to the south is all about shadow work. So every card in that section is about unlocking and uncovering something that is hidden inside a piece of you that maybe you struggle to accept or admit and um, finding some awareness there. All of the cards in the west section are about incorporating this divine being that you've seen yourself as and this human side that you have and loving all parts of yourself and integrating that. And then finally, the cards in the north are about taking inspired, intuitive action based on all that you have already been through. And then it's a spiral. We start all over again, don't we? We're reminded again of our divinity and we move through this beautiful cycle. And so these cards are meant to work in tandem from each section together to help you really unlock your intuition and to see yourself more clearly and to have guidance on this journey that we call life. Hmm, Lovely. I know it's been a long time coming in creating this deck and even just like coming up with the concept and getting all the cards created. It definitely isn't something that you woke up one day and you're like, let's make it. And like, it's here. There's so much mindfulness and intention that went into it. So I'm curious, what were some of the challenges that you faced um, during this process of birthing your creation out into the world? Yeah. So at first I thought this was a book. I thought I was meant to write a book and I got about 5,000 words in and I hit writer's block. It was like, I don't know what else to say. I felt like I had said it all and um, I had to walk away from it for a little bit. I was really struggling with what to write. And in meditation one day, I just had this download that it wasn't a book at all. It was actually a deck. And I hopped up from meditation. I went on my laptop and I started dismantling this book and pulling it apart and creating descriptions from what I had already written. And it's it really flowed from there. Once I like unlocked that, 
piece of it, it was so easy to finish writing. And then you recommended Jennifer to me and she brought the most uh, beautiful artwork to it. And then finding a publisher flowed pretty well, but it has been a very long process. It's been about two and a half years. And so um, my patience, I have quite a bit of fire in my chart. And so I have a lot of impatience. And this has been a really powerful lesson for me in understanding that not all the time, but sometimes the things that we really want to create take time because they're worth it and not sacrificing the quality of something simply to just move ahead and, and get to the end. So that was a big lesson for me in understanding that this was worth it for me to go a little bit slower and to be um, more patient in the process. And I really think that that is paying off in the end. I think it's a beautiful piece of work and I'm not sure it would be what it is if I had rushed it. <laughs> so I'm grateful for that. Yeah, definitely. How did it feel when you got to actually use your deck for the first time as a part of your own like spiritual practice? Oh my gosh. It was like an out-of-body experience. I have loved decks since I was 16 years old. And so this really felt like an inner child, inner teenager kind of healing moment to hold it in my hands was unbelievable. I will say I worked with the energy of it simply on index cards beforehand. So I wrote all my <laughs> cards out and shuffled them and used them, but there was nothing like seeing the artwork and feeling the weight of the, the cardstock that I had chosen and the colors. I mean, that really made it become an actual living. I feel like this is a, a, um, a being of some kind that is communicating and speaking when you use it. And it feels like this energy that is living and it's really wild. <laughs> yeah. It's so cool because now with this deck, so many other people are going to get to use it and you're giving them the language to connect with themselves on a deeper level too. So it's really cool how, you know, your Reiki work and your like regressionist work, that's all very one-on-one, -on -one, but this is something that can go on and touch so many other people, including other healers who might want to use it for their clients. Um, so it's like a service to the world. <laughs> Thank you. That's my hope and dream. Absolutely. <laughs> Yay. So I was wondering if you wanted to pick a card for us while we have you here in your beautiful deck. I would absolutely love to. Let me shuffle these up here just a bit. And I am just asking for a card to come through that has a message that is in the highest and greatest good of all those listening today. Mm. So the shadow card is coming <laughs> Let's cut right to it, huh? <laughs> so if it's okay, Natalie, I'd like to actually read the description of this card. Please give us the deets. Yeah. This is card number 20 for anyone who is into numerology. I always want to make sure that I share that. Okay. The key words that go with the shadow card are uncovering, self-realization, and soul work. So the message goes like this. When the sun begins to sink and darkness rises, shadows stretch out long across the ground. Shadows represent the deepest and darkest corners within you and aspects of your personality that you'd prefer to hide from the world. These pieces of who you are might bring up feelings of shame, guilt, etc. 
When the shadow card visits, you are asked to witness your own shadows. This is the process of acknowledging the parts of you that society would typically deem to be quote-unquote negative. This could be habits, tendencies, learned behaviors, or beliefs. It is important to note that acknowledgement and acceptance are two different things. Acceptance is not the goal of shadow work, although it may come as a byproduct. The goal is simply to stand in witness of the more challenging qualities you possess in order to see how they serve you. In other words, what have you gained from holding on to your shadows? For example, let's say you tend to become very angry in relationships and notice that acting from that anger keeps others from forming a close relationship with you. In this way, anger serves as a boundary so that you don't have to become vulnerable with others. Maybe you've had challenging relationships in the past or your childhood, and it's easier to keep walls up rather than allow yourself to be seen. At the core of it, anger protects you from having to be vulnerable. This is simply an example, but the shadow card is asking you to deeply reflect on what truth you are scared of uncovering. It is not necessary to change or let go of anything at this time. It's simply an awareness that is begging to be explored. Shadow work is soul work. This process means looking at cycles you have perpetuated through time. These types of revelations can uncover quite a bit of emotions, so be gentle with yourself as you travel into the shadows. And the reminder, the core reminder of this card is, Shadow work is self-realization. It calls for awareness, not change, at this time. Very good. And you guys can't see the card, but it's like this black clad figure looking up at like this purpley, dark, starry sky. And it's very moody in the best possible way. (laughs) (laughs) Standing in witness of her own shadows very much so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not like the death card with like the skulls and like blood, you're going to die. It's very like dreamy and healing. Yes, that's right. <laughs> that's what this is meant to be. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was so beautifully written. And I'm sure many people felt touched, um, even just hearing that on some level. Maybe we all want to kind of take that message with us the rest of the day, like we were talking about earlier, about not just like listening to it and be like, yeah, I know, I need to do shadow work. Um, but working it into your ritual and your focus. Yeah, that's exactly right. Trying to incorporate it in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. It's been so amazing having you, Dana, and um, just seeing how far you've come since we worked together. And I'm so excited for your baby to be born in the world. Are there any last words of wisdom or any final thoughts you want to share before we let everybody go? I'm just so grateful to be here and it's been a fun process um, going through your course and to see how that's evolved as well. And I'm so excited for those that are kind of coming up through it because I really think that that has helped me to create this deck and this process. So yeah, thank you just so much for having me and allowing me to share my deck and my cleansing and clearing processes (laughs) and practices with your listeners. Yes, I'm so excited for your new deck to come out. And I would love to share with everyone that Dana is offering 15% off her Inner Compass Oracle deck. If you use the code COMPASS15, 
when you pre-order it before May 28th, 2023. So definitely get on that. You can find it by going to danawhitby.com and then clicking on the Inner Compass Oracle. That link and all the details about Dana and this limited time offer will be in the show notes. And with that, Dana, I would love to have you close out this episode by sharing a quote that has really inspired you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, A favorite quote of mine ever since I was little is from Glinda the Good Witch in The Wizard of Oz. She says to Dorothy, you've always had the power, my dear. You just had to learn it for yourself. And I love this quote because that is so much my whole life's work is learning that I have the power and to give myself the validation from within. And um, that quote has just always stuck with me (laughs) through everything that I've done. If you'd like to learn more about Dana and her deck and her healing work, you can find her at danawhitby.com. You can also follow her on Instagram at Dana Soul Rises, on TikTok at Dana Whitby, and on Facebook under the Soul Rising Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. For complete episode show notes and links, visit soulshineastrology.com slash episode 133. For more information on how to use astrology to find your cosmic calling and sign up for astrology email updates, check out soulshineastrology.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review for the cosmic calling to help other cool people like us find the show. The Cosmic Calling Community is a gathering place for listeners of the show to connect more deeply with fellow like-minded spiritual seekers. Join us for astrology classes, monthly forecasts, cosmic planning tools, plus bonus features for these podcast episodes by going to soulshineastrology.com community. 